أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله الطاهرين اللهم صل على محمد verse number 133 فأرسلنا عليهم الطوفان والجراد والقمل والضفاد والدم آيات مفصلات فاستكبروا وكانوا قوما مجرمين So we sent to them the floods and locusts, lice, frogs and blood as distinct signs but they acted arrogantly and they were a guilty group uh, As we discussed last week Musa to somehow encourage Pharaoh to allow them to leave, to allow Banu Israel to leave, used to commute to the palace very frequently until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told him to warn the Pharaoh that if he would not al- allow them to leave, then plagues would come, calamities would come. And the first thing which he warned was the flood. Musa went to his palace and said that if you allow us to leave, that's fine. Otherwise, a flood will come and uh, cover all your lands, houses and farms and, uh, and everything. Of course, Pharaoh didn't pay attention, and it came. The flood came. It overtook all the houses, farms, harvests of uh, uh, the Egyptians and did not touch any of the Israelites. As I said, they were living in a separate city, so to speak, and even in those areas which were somehow neighboring each other, the farms of the Egyptians were hit by the flood and the farms of the Israelites were safe. It lasted apparently for, for one week that everything was under the water until uh, Pharaoh summoned Musa and said that ask your Lord, your God, to take this away from us, and I will let you go, you and Banu Israel, to leave Egypt. And Musa prayed, and it happened. The, the flood went away, and uh, everything was all right. Of course, all the harvest and everything for that year was gone. Now, after Musa went to ask when they can leave, apparently this is the way it happened, Pharaoh was said that I'm not going to let you leave. So he reneged of what uh, he had promised. So the next year, because the harvest comes every year, and all these plagues were hitting the harvest, so that they were economically under some sort of reminder by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that let them leave, otherwise something comes to you. It's now on the harvest, on the economy. However, later on it will be on you. So, Musa warned that uh, next time it will be locusts. It will destroy all your harvest. And next year it came. The locusts came and destroyed the whole harvest. And not only that, they filled the houses of Banu Israel everywhere was full of uh, locusts also showing Pharaoh that he's powerless. I mean, he was thinking that he could do whatever he wanted. And Allah is sending these very tiny creatures, like locusts, like lice, frogs, 
to show Pharaoh and Egyptians that you have no power. You are just imagining that you have power. Look how these small, tiny animals can just put you under such a difficulty and such a calamity. And again, after he asked Musa to take that away and it was taken away, he reneged. He didn't allow them to leave. The next year came lice, the very, very tiny insects, which ate all the harvest and even the roots of it. And uh, again, after it was taken away, they reneged. And then came the frogs, which filled all the houses, the pots, the even it's in the in the traditions that even when they wanted to eat something, the dish immediately became full of frogs, and they were so agitated by that that after a couple of days, Pharaoh asked Musa, "Tell your lord, ask your lord to take this away, and I will let you go." And it's very amazing, despite all these, why Pharaoh was not allowing Banu Israel to leave, and it's what. Amazing that why Allah is sending all these reminders? Why Allah is not destroying them straight away? It shows that Allah is actually here, we can analyze. We don't know uh, in reality, but we can analyze. Allah is actually doing two things. Testing the patience of Banu Israel on one hand, because it's now several years they are under pressure of Pharaoh, and Pharaoh doesn't let them leave. And the, on the other side, giving respite and reminders to the Egyptians, to Pharaoh and his troops and his mala, to, to, to come back. And they, they, they didn't, actually. And after that came blood, waddam. And blood was, as it's in, in traditions, the whole Nile turned into blood. Everything they wanted to drink turned into blood, and they couldn't drink anything. And after a few days, they became thirsty to such an extent that they, they, they couldn't bear that anymore. Of course, they didn't care about the Nile becoming red or like blood. However, they could not drink that. It was so disgusting to drink such a thing. And even it said that uh, the Banu Israel used, of course, to take water from the Nile. The Nile was the same Nile that both were using. Banu Israel were using it, and Egyptians were using it. However, when Banu Israel took water from Nile, it was water. And when the Egyptians took water, it was blood. This is, of course, an absolute miracle. I mean, it's not possible under any natural sort of uh, uh, reason uh, or cause, because uh, if there was a natural cause for that. Both Egyptians and the Bani Israel had to have this experience the same thing, but they didn't. Uh, I don't know whether these traditions are correct or not, because Banu Israel were drinking that water from Nile, and Egyptians couldn't drink. And some of the Egyptians went to Banu Israel and said, let us, you take the water into your mouth, and then pour it into our mouth, so that we can drink water. And when it was poured into their mouth, it was it turned into blood. As I said, I don't know how these traditions are authentic because these seem to be like more stories. However, it shows the extent of the miracle that one group of people were hit by it and the other group who were living among them, Banu Israel, were not hit by it. 
Now here it said ayatin mufassalat. Mufassalat may have two meanings. One is mubayyanat, very clear. And it was very clear. Everything which came, the floods, the locusts, the lies, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the blood, they hit the Egyptians, they didn't hit Banu Israel. So this was a very clear sign for Banu Israel. Actually, had the Egyptians taken the reminder, they should have pressurized her own to let Banu Israel leave. But apparently, even the Mala, the elite among the Egyptians, they encouraged her own to not to allow the, the, the Banu Israel to leave and take them as prisoners there. So Mufassalat here may mean Mubayyanat, something which was very clear. Anyone looking at it could understand these come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because sometimes these things come, but we, we take it as natural things, natural disasters, something like that, the reminders. Here, Allah specifically mentions that it was not possible for anyone to take it as a natural disaster. It was quite clear that it came because of what they did, mufassalat. The second meaning of mufassalat means distinct. Uh, year after year, time after time, it didn't all come together. We gave them time to actually digest these things. So it took them several years, mufassalat and the distinct signs we gave them. What they did, fastakbaru. The arrogance didn't let them. So the, the, the clear cause for all that problem, both for Banu Israel and for the Egyptians, was that istikbar, the arrogance. The arrogance didn't allow them to do this. And of course, there were criminals in doing that. They knew what they were doing. It was not just decisions taken by Pharaoh because he wanted to keep the Egypt. As a king, as the duty of every king is to keep his country, to think about its well-being. No, he was really committing a crime, and he knew that he was doing that. Now, what, what I mentioned about reneging is mentioned in the following verse. وَلَمَّا وَقَعَ عَلَيْهِمُ A regis is something evil. Anything evil is regis, and regis, which is uncleanliness comes from that as well. So whenever the plague, the evil, that reminder came to them, قَالُوا يَا مُوسَىٰ اُدْعُ لَنَا رَبَّكَ بِمَا أَحِدَ عِنْدَكَ لَإِنْ كَشَفْتَ أَنَّ الرِّجْزَ لَنُؤْمِنَنَّ لَكَ وَلَنُرْسِلَنَّ مَعَكَ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ Whenever a plague fell upon them, they would say, O Musa, invoke your Lord for us by the covenant he has made with you. Now, the covenant he has made with you, apparently Musa had told them that this plague will go away by the covenant of my Lord. My Lord has promised that this plague will go away from you if you allow us to leave. Now, Pharaoh summoned Musa and said, by that covenant that your Lord has given you, call him, tell him, that he couldn't have a direct connection, of course, just calling the Lord, tell him, I'm going to allow you to leave. And tell him to remove this. So, invoke your Lord for us by the covenant he has made with you. If you remove the plague from us, we will certainly believe in you. Two things. Believe in you. 
and let the children of Israel go along with you. And every time this happened, they, they reneged in their promise. They did not fulfill it. Not, not only they did not believe in him, they did not allow Banu Israel to leave. And uh, this, uh, of course, this is also mentioned in Surah Zohrof uh, in a more clear way. Actually, Pharaoh didn't call Musa telling him, Musa, because you have some relation with your Lord, so are close to your Lord, call him. They, they always, Musa, Pharaoh was always pretending that this is the magic of Musa, which is bringing these plagues to them. O magician, call your Lord because of the covenant that he has made with you, that if we believe in you or we let Banu Israel go, he would remove this. Call him. Now we are guided. We know. We, are, we believe in you now. And you take this, remove this. And whenever the azab, that plague was removed, they reneged. They didn't allow. And that was, of course, Pharaoh who was making the decision. And here, the following verses, Now, it's very interesting. Musa, of course, did not let Pharaoh off the hook just like that. He said, okay, my Lord will remove this until next year. If next year you would not allow us to leave, then another plague will come to you. When we, he had, we had removed the plague from them until a term that they should have completed. So Musa gave them another year. You have one year. Think about it. Let us leave. And, of course, they behold, they broke their promise Every time. So, at the end of the story, Allah says, "Fantaqamna minhum." So we took vengeance on them. Faagraknahum filyam, and we drowned them in the sea. Beannahum kathabu baayatana, for they denied our signs, and what clear signs they were, of course. Kathabu baayatana. And they were oblivious to them. Now, two things here. First of all, about Fantagamna. First of all, Allah says, we took revenge on them. Does Allah ever take revenge on anyone? Or can anyone do something which causes Allah to take revenge on them? No, of course, Allah never takes revenge for himself. He's much sublime, higher than that, to take revenge from someone. It was the revenge he took for Banu Israel, and always is like that. Allah takes revenge on some people for another people who are weak, who cannot do anything, who could not take their own vengeance. Allah would take the vengeance for them, and this is, of course, the justice of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala working in the in the whole creation. So, means we took vengeance from them 
on them for Banu Israel, for Musa and his followers. And whenever you see in the Quran, for example, in another verse in Surah Zukhruf, we have, فَلَمَّا آسَفُونَا اِنْتَقَمْنَا مِنْهُمْ When they made us so sad and angry, we took revenge from them, about the Pharaoh, of course. Now in Hadith we have that someone asked, Imam Sadiq can anyone make God angry and sad? Is that possible? And of course the vengeance. And Imam says that no, of course, it's not possible. Allah wouldn't change states to become angry or to become sad or something like that. It was actually Allah is attributing to himself whatever came to Musa and his followers because they made them angry and sad and they afflicted them with all those hardships, then we took vengeance. We took vengeance for Banu Israel on Pharaoh and his people. This is one thing about Fantagamna. The other thing is that the previous uh, punishments, you see, it's not vengeance. Allah doesn't say that they are vengeance, the plague, the, uh, the, the flood, the frogs, all those things, they were not vengeance Allah was taking for Banu Israel, but they were reminders. They were some sort of uh, encouragement for, uh, for Pharaoh and his followers to allow Banu Israel to leave and everything finish peacefully without Allah having to take vengeance on them and destroy them. Allah didn't want to destroy them because the destruction was coming. And this is, uh, if, if we look into different uh, uh, stories, of, stories of different people, we see that always Allah gives some respite, reminder, enlightenment, and then punishes after that. For example, when Samud killed the, that she-camel, we discussed here, you remain in your houses for three days. You repent, Allah will not punish you. If you do not repent, then of course the destruction will come. And on those three days, three different signs came. Remember, the first day they turned pale, the second day they, they turned red, and then they turned black. But they didn't take heed of that. And then punishment came. The only punishment which I remember comes without warning uh, uh, is on the people of Lot, the, the, the Qawmulut, that Allah, the, the angels say to, uh, to uh, Lut, the appointed time for them is in the morning. During the night they were sleeping, in the morning they were destroyed, and this shows how despicable was their uh, situation much worse than Pharaoh and his people. Pharaoh and his people were given several years of reminders, respite, but Omulut, they were destroyed outright because, of course, uh, they were in such a state that no reminder would have uh, worked on them. So, now, the story of this droning is mentioned in several other surahs in the Quran in details. Now, we will just touch upon it in, in a couple of verses ahead. 
وأورثنا القوم الذين كانوا يستضعفون مشارق الأرض ومغاربها التي باركنا فيها وتمت كلمة ربك الحسنى على بني إسرائيل بما صبروا ودمرنا ما كان يصنع فرعون وقومه وما كانوا يعرشون We made the people who were abased the heirs to the east and the west of the land which we had blessed and your Lord's best word was fulfilled for the children of Israel because of their patience and we destroyed what Pharaoh and his people had built and what they used to erect now the people who were abased or who were oppressed this of course wants to show that Allah has the power to uh, give new life to people who are abased the very weakest people in the area no one actually took heed of Banu Israel because they were the weakest group of people not in whole Egypt, in the whole region, they were the weakest. Allah says, we made them to, to become the heirs of whatever land was there. And this is, of course, Allah says, this is my sunnah, this is the rule. Any people who are oppressed and they have patience. Always the people who are abased, the people who are oppressed. My will is that we, we will support them and we give them power one day. So, The east and the west of the land which we had blessed. Now, usually... The land which is blessed in the Quran is used either for Mecca, for Haram, or for uh, Jerusalem, for, for Beitul Maqdis. These are the two lands which Allah says we have blessed. And they were blessed with the abundance of prophets. They were blessed with guidance. They were blessed with guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala coming down either in Mount Sinai or uh, in, in, the, in, the, uh, in the land of Mecca and most of the majority of the prophets came from these two areas so uh, here many exists say that we gave uh, the, the, the Beit al-Maqdas the holy land to Banu Israel they moved, they migrated from Egypt after the droning of Pharaoh and his people, they migrated to Beitul Maqdas and we gave it to them. Of course, after a fashion, because they didn't want to go and fight for it, and then they were, uh, they were lost in the desert for 40 years, and eventually they went there. However, here Allah is not talking about time. He's talking about his will, and his will actually did, uh, uh, came true. Some other agents say that, no, this is more general than, of course, only Jerusalem. And Allah gave مشارق الأرض ومغاربة, the east and the west, he gave it to Banu Israel. And this came through only after some while. Say, for example, at the time of Solomon, at the time of David, that even Egypt was under their rule. And many other areas 
in the in 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 that vicinity, the east and the west of that vicinity, Egypt, parts of uh, the whole probably uh, west of Middle East and uh, to the Mediterranean, all were under the rule of Banu Israel for certain time, of course, not uh, not for all times and not immediately. This is another meaning, but usually, as as I said, because this land is uh, uh, is described by the land which we had blessed, it should be probably alluding to Baytul Maqdis, that we gave them that land. وَتَمَّتْ كَلِمَةُ رَبِّكَ الْحُسْنَ عَلَى بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ كَلِمَةُ رَبِّكَ The word of your Lord, the nice word, the best word, كَلِمَةُ رَبِّكَ الْحُسْنَ عَلَى بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ This means that we had distinct that this should happen. The word had passed from us. So the word was there, the decree was there, the time should have come so that that word was fulfilled in reality. And this is what always happens. The word about most of them have come true. What word? The word that if you turn away from Allah, you would not believe even if prophets come, any miracle comes to you. This is the word of Allah. Unless you open your heart, you cannot believe in God. If you close it, you do not believe. And that's why it says, لَقَدْ حَقَّ الْقَوْلُ عَلَىٰ أَكْثَرِهِمْ What I have said before, that those who turn away, the evildoers, they would not believe, is now coming true about most of the Quraysh, because this is addressing the Quraysh about the Prophet. And of course, it's general. Here in this particular surah, the uh, the address is to Quraysh, but generally it's the case that there is the word of Allah gone, evildoers will not believe, will turn away, and لَقَدْ حَقَّ الْقَوْلُ عَلَىٰ أَكْثَرِهِمْ This word has come true about most of them. So here, the word that had, was passed on Banu Israel did come true. وَتَمَّتْ It was fulfilled, it was completed after all those of course, years of hardship. Tammat kalandmatu rabbikal husna ala bani Israel. Why? Bima sabaru. Because they were patient. Now, you may ask, were they really patient? Just remember what happened when, of course, Pharaoh uh, threatened that he would kill the sons of those who believe in Musa. On both sides, of course, Egyptians also used to uh, to believe in Musa, but Pharaoh didn't want to kill Egyptians. So he only said, I will kill the sons of anyone believing in Musa from Banu Israel. And, of course, they didn't believe. They, Even if they were believers, they hid it. Of course, the, 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 the verse that we had in Surah Yunus said, فَمَا آمَنَ لِمُوسَى إِلَّا ذُرِّيَةً مِّنْ قَوْمِهِ عَلَىٰ خَوْفٍ مِّنْ فِرْعَوْنَ وَمَلَائِهِمْ no one believed in Musa from among Banu Israel. So were they patient? Of course, they didn't have that uh, sort of faith to have patience on their sons being killed because of their faith. And also, they told Musa, We were inflicted before you came to us, and after you have come to us. So what a prophet you are, they started to complain, to criticize Musa, and uh, also the stories, when they went out of Egypt, up to the very 
see that they wanted to cross. The sea did not open as is in Surah Taha. Musa took them to the sea. The sea did not open. They had to wait for several days until Pharaoh and all his troops came. They said, now we are, uh, we are destroyed. We are caught and we are destroyed. And they started to criticize Musa for that. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? We have a better life in Egypt than here in the desert. And now here we are all going to be killed. And after they, were, they, they passed the, uh, the sea, of course the story is well known that they said we, don't, we, we have no patience. They didn't want to go and fight. So what patience is mentioning here? وَتَمَّتْ كَلِمَةُ رَبِّكَ الْحُسْنَى عَلَى بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ بِمَا صَبَرُوا Now here, it's not talking about the whole lot. That core, that ذُرِّيَّةً مِنْ قَوْمِهِ That one family who had persevered and patience. And it's always like that. If a group of people in a nation have that patience, perseverance, strength, then Allah would help them. He helps them, he helps everyone because of that core group. And this is the sunnah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you see, in every religion, in every nation, there are always those who criticize, those who nag, those who are complaining about the situation, if the situation goes wrong, and there are a group, a core group, who persevere and who have patience. And these are the, the ones. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praises this patience on Banu Israel. وَجَعَلْنَا مِنْهُمْ أَئِمَّةً لَمَّا صَبَرُوا We made أَئِمَّةً from among the Banu Israel because they had patience. Who had patience? Those أَئِمَّةً had patience. They had patience. They were men of strength in their resolve. وَذْكُرْ عِبَادَنَا إِبْرَاهِيمَ وَإِسْحَاقَ وَيَعْقُوبَ they had the strength in their resolve and they had insight and there were quite a few people among Banu Israel as the, the Quran mentions and this is how this is why that Kalamatul Husna, the good word of Allah was completed in Banu Israel because they had patience and on top of all, of course, was Musa, who was the target of all those criticisms, both from her own and from his own people. On top of that, it was Musa. وَدَمَّرْنَا مَا كَانَ يَسْنَعُ فِرْعَوْنُ وَقَوْمُهُ وَمَا كَانُوا يَعْرَشُونَ And we destroyed whatever Pharaoh manufactured and his people. All the palaces, and it, it was destroyed during all those years. The flood came, the... The, the, the insects and animals coming, it was gradually destroyed because the, the Pharaoh and his troops, they were drawn in the sea. However, Allah says before that we had destroyed everything in Egypt. Actually, we didn't destroy it. They destroyed it. They, by, by reneging their promise, by doing all those evil things, they not only try to destroy Banu Israel. Out of this arrogance, they destroyed themselves and they, they destroyed whatever they had manufactured. And what they used to erect. And of course, it was all those gardens and palaces and those things. 
the Bani Israel al-Bahr. And this is a very beautiful story mentioned here. Inshallah, we discuss this for next week. Wa sallallahu ala muhammadin wa alihi tahirin. Thank you, Sheikh. Uh, yes, we are always like uh, a program which is which ends in suspense. So we wait for another next week. <laughs> Inshallah, we'll be alive and attend the program. So, uh, brothers, sisters, uh, the floor is now open for about 15-20 minutes uh, to further discussion. Any Riyadh? Riyadh in the front. Riyadh in the back. Uh, doctor, the two doctors, um, Ali, sisters, sisters. Assalamu alaikum. Yeah. I hear that you said the miracles happened with the water. Yeah? Um, Bani Israel drank the water and it was water, and the Egyptians drank blood. This miracle happened a long time ago. Do these miracles ever happen since then? Because there's so much miracles like this should be happening. You know, well, if you have someone like Musa, yes, but where is that man now to bring those miracles down? These people are needed to bring those miracles down for us, and we don't have them anymore. Any other brothers, sisters? Sheikh, uh, we discussed that uh, Allah will always uh, give power to the oppressed people. Now, the story that we are, or the, the incident that we just discussed about uh, Prophet Musa and uh, Bani Israel. Now, because with the, with the Bani Israel, there was this, uh, the leadership by the Prophet, and uh, Prophet being the Prophet uh, from Allah, obviously he was all just and honest. So, when a community is, uh, or, a, or a group or is under oppressed and so is it always necessary that a leader should also be of that kind of caliber of just and honest so that um, the community is laid or there is an inspiration from, by the community from that leader that to be patient? Or, or well, usually it happens like that. Without a leader, nothing will happen, certainly. However, if God is going to support a people, uh, there should be among them who are people of uprightness, integrity in character and people of faith uh, to, to be supported in such a way. Otherwise we have, we have the will to uh, to give our favor to those who are abased on the land. It's something that we see happening Year, well, generations after generations. We can't say years after years, but generations after generations. We see that people who are always weak, after, for example, several generations, they take, they come to power, they uh, build new civilizations, and then they destroy the previous uh, oppressors, and they them, them themselves become oppressors. This... Uh, the, the enigma of this rise and fall of civilizations has been something which has uh, somehow amazed historians all through. That how it happens, why it is the case that a group of people who are usually oppressed, who are marginalized, why suddenly they gain power and they come and destroy the 
the, the, the big civilization, and we have many theories about it. We have Toynbee's, Toynbee's theory, we have Ibn Khaldun's theory, other theories, but uh, I think we, we can uh, somehow categorize them under this rule of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that those who are abased will gain power, and of course, to see what you will do, to see how you will perform. And it has been usually the case that when people gain power, they become oppressors themselves, and then the oppressed ones would rise again. This is something that we have seen in history. Thank you much indeed. Any sisters? Yeah, Riyadh? Uh, this verse is especially interesting because when they say the meek shall inherit the earth is also found in the Bible, of course. Mm-hmm. And they go on about it. The meek shall inherit the earth. Mm-hmm. So since the time that the prophets came, up until now, maybe 2,500 years from Jesus, um, in their view, has that come true, or is that a cycle that it actually talks about a cycle that the meek shall inherit the earth? So yeah. what you just said might also refer to that to say that the civilization that is oppressed, those people that are oppressed, they will inherit the earth, yeah. and then the ones who were oppressors before will become meek. Yeah. So then they will oppress, they will inherit the earth. So is it as simple as that, or is it a bit deeper than that? Uh, what do you mean as simple as that or deeper? Uh, this is what we actually witness during the history. And uh, the weak people who have been given power, they should not think that they are given it and guaranteed for it, that they have it forever. As uh, the Banu Israel think that the earth is given to them, the land is given to them, is in the, their inheritance, and they should keep it. As long as, of course, they are not starting to oppress others, that would be, because it's for Mustad Afun all the time, who come and take it. So the idea that because this was promised to us, we will have it forever is wrong. It's just like anything, any ni'mah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because Allah has given it to us, we will have it forever. It doesn't work like that. It works as long as that, the qualification for that name is there. Otherwise, it's taken away. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, you mentioned that Allah take vengeance uh, uh, as a result of the sadness and the difficulties that the people uh, of Bani Israel faced. Uh, this is, and on the other side, there is this that Allah takes a loan from the people. If you give a charity, that is like giving a loan to Allah. Are these two the same phenomena that Allah takes vengeance because of those people and the Allah takes loan? The loan is from the people, but Allah says, I am taking the loan. Yeah. Are these the two same phenomena? Actually, Allah identifies Himself with the weak. Of course, the weak who are not uh, evil. Because among the weak people, we have evil people as well. So the weak who are not evil, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always identifies himself with them. So that they do not feel that they are left alone. They are deserted in this world. And uh, yeah, of course, if you give a charity, Allah says you are giving me alone because I am actually 
these people, and these people are me. The same thing as you said about Fantagamna, we took vengeance. That's, uh, we took vengeance, not of course for himself, but for those people, but Allah says, it was my vengeance. So the same thing would apply, yes. Any other sisters, uh, brothers? Sheikh, does Allah have a definition of oppressed? Because for us, um, the definition may be different. As uh, We may consider anything as oppressed, uh, but uh, Allah may have a different uh, specific uh, uh, definition. Is there anything? A good question. Uh, well, oppressed or abased are those who are divested of their rights as every, any other human being. They have the rights, but their rights are taken away from them. Probably this is the meaning of oppressed. I haven't thought about this, but uh, we have to probably uh, search in the Quran and Hadith to see if there is a specific definition other than our own definition for, for the oppressed. Uh, any other? No? Seems everybody's happy. So okay. wait, wait for next week, inshallah. Muhammad Wali, Muhammad Salwat.